Welcome back. Last time on Satellite Stories, we had a great chat with SES's CEO, Steve Collar. We talked about our 35-year-long history, the year 2020, along with its challenges and hidden gems. And today, we talk about what is yet to come in 2021. From the planned launches of multiple satellites, to big developments in the world of cloud, and to more on our partnerships. Welcome to Satellite Stories. I'm your host, Christina Smith-Meyer, and once again, it is my pleasure to introduce our CEO, Steve Collar. Steve, welcome back. First, I'd like to start with a big topic on the SES agenda, the launch of O3BM Power and SES 17. Can you begin by giving us an idea of the timeline and what to expect? Thanks, Christina. It's a pleasure. Uh, I couldn't be more excited about 2021. I, I feel like we've put ourselves in an amazing position to deliver on, on some incredible stuff in 2021. And, you know, the launches of SES 17 and O3BM Power are now, what is it, sort of seven or eight months away. Four new satellites up in orbit. SES 17 will be close to on station. Three O3BM Power satellites will be making their way to orbit. Um, both electric propulsion, so both are going to take a fair amount of time to get themselves on station. Launch location, so uh, SES-17 is going from French Guiana. I love launches from French Guiana. I hope that I'm going to be able to go in person because it feels very exotic launching uh, satellites from you know the middle of the jungle. And, it, and, and it's been a long time coming, right? We kicked off SES-17, I think, back in 2015, I want to say, maybe early 16. So it's been a long, a long time coming, and our, and our customers are anxiously you know, waiting for 17 to come along. It's going to, I think, revolution connectivity across North America and in particular for uh, the aviation sector, which needs to come back strongly from COVID-19. And I think connectivity on board is going to be even more important in the future than it, than it has been in, in the past. And then Empower, yeah, I mean, look, we talk a lot about it. It really, it feels like such a, a big, big step forward. We've taken all of the fantastic stuff that we've, that we've learned and got from the O3B constellation over the first, you know, whatever it's been, seven, eight years of, of its operational life and scaled it ridiculously to give ourselves this incredible capability. We can deliver amazing services services anywhere with with O3B, but we can't do it everywhere simultaneously. And I think that's the thing that Empower does for us. You know, we have 10 beams per satellite on O3B that we have to use fairly sparingly. On Empower, we've got 5,000. So that just gives one sort of metric, one kind of idea of the scaling that we've been able to do with Empower. So yeah, really excited about 2021. An awful lot for us to do, but uh, I'm looking forward to December 2021 where we can sit here and talk about uh, having the satellites in orbit. It's probably difficult for you to say, but what do you think a launch looks like in the world of COVID-19? Because I've heard you say before, I will never get tired of seeing satellites launch. Are you actually going to see O3B Empower launch in person? Oh, uh, I mean, I think uh, whatever the expression is, hell would have to freeze over for (laughs) me not to to go because it's you've spent a really long period of time and all of the work and sort of dedication, not only on behalf of everyone at SES, but everyone at Talis and everyone at Boeing, you know, building these satellites and sort of, so you see the love and care and attention and the hours spent and the time away from families to kind of get these satellites ready. And then you put them on top of a giant firework and <laughs> and, and, and hope uh, they get to orbit. Now, fortunately, it's a bit, bit more scientific than hope, but there's always that element 
element of risk, which which I think makes our our industry so magical. And yeah, you've you all of your your hopes and and wishes and. Everything is sitting on top of the launch vehicle and then you've got this kind of heart in the mouth, you know, 20 minute period or so where the satellites are really or the launch vehicles really under under power and going through max Q and all of that stuff. It's God, I can't tell you how nervous I get. But, you know, before the, the day before the launch or the few hours before a launch, particularly if I'm there in person, it, it's it's uh, it's incredibly it's incredibly nerve wracking, incredibly energizing as well. So, yeah, short answer. I will definitely be there if there's any possible way to be there. Yeah, I bet. I I hope one day I get to see a launch. I haven't seen one yet. <laughs> well, we're gonna have we we're gonna have a a a, um, a draw for employees. So get your name in the hat. I absolutely will. <laughs> so then, aside from O three B and Power, we've got another big launch that you mentioned, SES seventeen. So tell us a little bit about SES seventeen. What's its mission? What type of satellite is it? Yeah, so it's a, it's also really exciting. You know, we, the industry has moved into a world of of high throughput satellites and ultra high throughput satellites, and and, and SES seventeen very much sort of falls in the in the second category. So it's it's a KA band satellite first and foremost. Um, it's primary mission is to deliver connectivity to aviation it's it's going to be over north america principally but will serve the whole of the americas and we partnered with talus on this satellite so talus are making it uh, but they're also our anchor customer in in the form of talus uh, avionics and so and this is a sector that has grown tremendously over the last few years. I think our business in, in aviation has grown at a rate of around 30% a year for the last three or four years. There's a real weight. If you go on board a plane now in, in, in the US, the overwhelming likelihood is that it will be connected. It's become a bit more normal and commonplace now, but even three or four years ago, that wasn't the case. And so SES-17 is a very important part of our jigsaw, but it's also a very important part of the overall picture for uh, connectivity in, in the US. And I think being connected wherever we are has become something that was important before, but I think in a world of, of COVID where we've all been much more using productivity tools, using, I, I seem to spend most of my life, as I'm sure most of the listeners do, on Teams and sort of uh, look staring at my, my laptop. And I think that can feel like a, a bind sometimes, but the productivity benefit that we all get by being connected and, and also some of the the fun stuff that comes as a result, I think will become even more important sort of post-COVID. And, and I think for airlines, it's one of the things that will, uh, what we'll start to see is airlines offering even free services. It's, it's not straightforward because the economics are challenging, but I think that's what's going to start to happen. And, and that being the case, our job is to make sure that we can deliver amazing experiences, much like our purpose, delivering amazing experiences everywhere on the planet. And in this case, at 30,000 feet. Another topic that we've kind of been um, talking about a lot at SES this year and, you know, we will continue to talk about next year in 2021 is this mysterious thing we call the cloud. Mm. I hear about cloud-enabled partnerships, cloud-enabled network architecture. So what's new in this part of the business and what can we expect in 2021? Yeah, so look, I mean, I think there are so many aspects to to cloud and we, we 
We took an important step as a company sort of early this year where we said we're going to be a cloud-first organization, which, which is an important thing because what it says is we are going to put more and more of, of our business and of our applications into the cloud. You know, and it, and it was enormously helpful. So if you think about what happened at the start of the pandemic, we all ended up in remote working. We all ended up connected over, over laptops. And the organizations and companies that... Uh, had kind of got ahead of this and, and that were basically operating in a cloud environment, uh, had a much better experience than those that were still operating from technology that was essentially based upon offices and premises. So, you know, I think we saw the benefit of operating largely from the cloud, our team's environments, our Outlook environment, everything that we use in terms of the the tools, sort of the productivity tools that we have as a business are essentially cloud-based. And, uh, and that's probably the most important example internally of, of how that cloud-first decision has, has impacted us. But obviously, the, the main ambition for us is to be part of this broader cloud ecosystem. We signed an important partnership with Microsoft, and I think over the course of 2020, we've made tremendous progress in terms of we've become the medium Earth orbit connectivity provider for Azure Orbital. We have partnered with Microsoft and Azure to build out and, and support them with their ground station as a service capability that will look at uh, both geostationary satellites but also Earth observation satellites and bring satellite-generated data into Azure and into Microsoft data centers. But of course, we connect with customers who have you know, tremendous need and will benefit tremendously by running their applications in the cloud. When you think about airlines and the productivity improvements that can be got by having engine data, performance data, the, 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 one of the things I learned in 2020 is the thing that keeps planes on the ground longer and therefore costs the airline money on a routine basis is seats not working in business class. So if you can imagine, if you know that, if planes are in the air and, and already the systems are detecting what's working, what's not working, and you've got crew standing by to fix things uh, as soon as planes land, you can keep planes in the air longer, and that makes a huge difference to, to airlines. So this kind of idea of data in the cloud, automating insights that get provided, and then driving actions back into customers is becoming a bigger and bigger thing. And, and you know, we connect with airlines, with energy companies, with cruise ships, with governments that can benefit hugely by sort of relying on the kind of capabilities and compute power of the cloud. And, you know, it's one thing to kind of have your data and your information and be served by uh, by sort of the very large data centers, the sorts of places where we're actually now co-locating our gateways so that our gateways are directly connected to Azure so that Azure is only one hop away from, you know, from our customers. Uh, Microsoft have also launched this idea of a modular data center, and that's something that can be put, you know, on the other side of the link, even closer to our customers, and and have direct access to Azure and to the sort of Azure stack there locally, uh, and still be connected over a, a Mio or Geo capability. And on the video side, it's it's also exciting, and this is why cloud for me is is such an all encompassing technology and and capability is something that's so important to our business because on the video side what we see is our customers are moving away from and sort of demanding that we move away from traditional on-premise capex heavy sort of play out technology 
and and moving to to the cloud. So rather than sort of playing things out from operation centers with a lot of kit and encoders and so on sitting sitting kind of alongside, a lot more will be done from remote laptops and from uh, from all over the place. And you can you can imagine the benefits of that, you know, in terms of sports and events, particularly from events. But but I think it will become more and more mainstream. And what we'll see is more and more as cloud technology becomes more advanced and as we build this kind of broadcast-grade cloud solution, uh, I think that will, will generate all sorts of new use cases, lots, uh, you know, much, much more affordability in the back end of our video business. And I'm really, really excited by that. Lots of, lots of things there for us to work on in 2021. But I think this cloud-first decision that we've taken has really sort of borne fruit in 2020. We've got lots of, you know, shoots of very interesting things happening. And and in 21, I think we'll start to see the, the fruits of, of those initiatives. So there's certainly enough for the team to be busy with next year. So if you and I were to have a catch up this time next year, what do you think we'll be talking about? And what do you think your biggest sort of wishes come true would be? Yeah, look, the first thing is uh, one thing that, that we can't ignore is the 5th of December is our first deadline clearing C-band in, in the US. So we have 100 megahertz of C-band that we need to clear. And that requires a huge amount of work with our customers in, you know, particularly the cable neighborhoods. We're essentially re-architecting the cable neighborhoods in the US together with our customers over the next 12 months. Uh, but if we achieve that, then then we will have triggered our first uh, acceleration payments. And that's that's big, right? That, that this has been sort of four years of work. So I hope that we're uh, we're sort of celebrating a successful execution of the first phase of, of C-band clearing. We're certainly well on track. The auction is ongoing at the moment. And the fact that we are doing it and implementing it and that it's going very well is something that the FCC, uh, the satellite industry, the mobile industry, the broadcasters, you know, everyone working together, I think, can be very pleased with where we are. So that's the first thing. I think we'll obviously be be talking about SES 17 and O3PM power and the fact that we're uh, we're now in orbit and we're looking forward to starting to deliver services to our customers. We're, we're developing new plans within our B2C business in, in HD Plus in Germany. It's a really exciting market for us. Uh, and we're going to roll out some new products during 2021. So, yeah, it's, it's, the pace is pretty relentless, but there'll be, there'll be plenty for us to chat about, Christina, I feel sure. Well, I'll definitely look forward to that conversation. And I truly hope this time next year we can all come together, enjoy mulled wine or hot chocolate at a local Christmas market to celebrate. So, Steve, with that, I am thrilled that we managed to set up this interview. It has been an absolute pleasure chatting to you today. And thank you so much for your time. Likewise. Really good fun chatting to you and look forward to doing the same next year. There you have it. A look back at our past and a look ahead to the future. It is my hope that this two-part series has given you an insight to what we've been up to at SES and what we will be working hard to deliver in 2021. On behalf of all of us at SES, we wish you a safe and joyful holiday season and a great start to the new year. To find out more about what we do, visit ses.com.